0: You have been on the forefront of this in North Carolina for quite some time, um, and not to make light of a scenario like COVID at any, any way, shape or form, any stretch of the imagination, but it's got to be almost exciting to, to the push that it has enabled for electronic notarization. All right. Today's Real Talk. Today's Real Talk. Today's Real Talk. Justin Kazepis here alongside Mr. Ozzie Stallworth, the Director of E-Notary and Notary Enforcement. Did I get that correct, sir?
1: Yes, Justin. You absolutely did. And uh, thank you so very much for having uh, me on today on behalf of uh, Elaine Marshall, the Honorable Secretary of State. We're uh, very honored and pleased to be able to talk with you about our uh, notary and electronic notary program
0: absolutely now so as e-notary director plus notary enforcement officer uh, or director of notary enforcement excuse me i I would imagine that you probably have some friends and then some people who also fear you is that is that an accurate (laughs) or, or or am i off basis there
1: well, well, the title would kind of imply that there, there's a little bit of a stick attached to uh, the, uh, the, the job responsibilities. It certainly is a part of my responsibilities to enforce the notary law, but um, we, we couple that and lead with education and training. Uh, we are also responsible for um, providing the curriculum for the, the notary and e-notary courses, uh, training the certified notary instructors who in turn are able to provide an excellent level of education to um, the, the citizens of North Carolina and so uh, we, we rely on them to, to carry forth the message and, and provide the training and uh, try to encourage the notaries um, to you know pay really close attention in class and to follow the laws uh, and then that way we won't have to kind of come, come on the back end with any disciplinary actions.
0: Yeah, uh, commission expirations and verifying identity are probably pretty important at the top of the list there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. But um, what we really want to focus on today is this concept of e-notary. So, Mr. Stallworth, I, I'm a real estate attorney as well. My practice is purely in transactional real estate. I'm going to be honest with you. I love the idea. I love the concept and I want to do what I can to help promote it in the right ways. And based on the short conversation we've had together, I think you feel the same way. I think everyone in the public knows you feel the same way based on your your past speakings and your your news outlets that you've done and things like that. So what I want to start with is the basic. Give me the general basic when we talk about notary versus e-notary. What's our difference?
1: Well, you know, first let me share with you what the similarity is. And and this is really important for the listening public to understand. Uh, The role of a notary is is, is vital to our economic infrastructure uh, in the state of North Carolina and, and beyond. The primary purpose of the notary is to protect the public from fraud and forgery. And so whether or not you're dealing with traditional notarization or an electronic notarization, that's the core principle. We need to make sure that the person who is signing this document, executing this document is who they claim to be such that uh, the folks who are going to rely on the document, whether or not it ends up in a public record or a part of a business transaction will have the trust and confidence in that transaction. So that's an important uh, similarity that folks need to really be aware of. Now, in terms of the the differences, um, primarily the difference is that you're just utilizing different tools. When we developed our electronic notary program in about 2005, the first thing that we did was we looked at our notary program and we decided that it wasn't broken. And so there was no need to try to recreate something that was vogue or new or or just so different. So what we did was we mirrored our uh, electronic notary program to our notary program in every area that we possibly could. Now, there were a couple of areas where we needed to, to make some changes because you don't have a, a, a handheld notary seal. Now it's a notary seal that's in an electronic form and you're clicking an icon potentially to, to apply it. But for the most part, uh, through the administration, in terms of requiring a course of study and an exam, Uh, taking the oath of office at the Register of Deeds office, at the conclusion of of the process, Uh, all of that is the same from the notary to the electronic notary. So the primary difference is going to be the tools. Um, Instead of a piece of paper, you're operating on a computer screen. Instead of an ink pen, you're writing with a stylus. Uh, Instead of, again, the handheld notary ink stamp, you're clicking an icon to affix it. And so, you eliminate paper and everything is in the electronic arena. So that's the primary difference, but the overall purpose is very much still the same.
0: See, you say the requirements are pretty much the same, but I've got a beef to pick because as an attorney, I didn't have to attend the eight-hour course for my regular notary, but then for my e-notary, I had to attend the four-hour course. So I'll just throw that out there. Someone who was really good at skipping class, I wasn't able to do that on this. I'm just throwing that out there. If we're talking about similarities,
1: well, Justin, you know, uh, I've got to say, you know, how much we we certainly appreciate and value our a legal community, and, and for many years, um, as you just pointed out, to become a notary, the only thing that an attorney needs to do is submit an application and pay the registration fee. Um, but very frankly, one of the things that we have found over the years, and, and this is true because of a couple things. Number one, we have a very robust notary statute in the state of North Carolina, probably among the most robust notary statutes in the country. And as you know, they don't teach the notary law in notary, uh, in law school. And so um, the attorneys who have had an opportunity to go through our notary um, public courses, you know, have have all had a a very favorable response. In fact, so much so that about 10 years ago, we began to offer a free CLE courses uh, for attorneys uh, so that they would be able to make sure that they were abreast of all of the various um aspects of of the notary law and so when it was time to develop our electronic notary course because it was so new and because of the technological requirements uh involved and because it was potentially something that would be changing um the attorneys were not exempt from taking the electronic notary course so yeah uh you you got me on that one
0: (laughs) i'm not mad though because it's good to to know what what everyday people, right? And I, cause I don't want to put attorneys on some type of pedestal. Trust me, we don't deserve to be put on any type of pedestal. So it's good that that we were required to do it. I agree with you because um, also having the opportunity to ask questions of the people that know the regulations, right? Because your instructors being certified to teach the course that requires a level of competency that even as an attorney, I don't automatically have. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I appreciate it actually. So thank you for that. Um, so let, let's talk about the progression of, you know, notary because you have been on the forefront of this in North Carolina for quite some time um, and not to make light of a scenario like COVID at any, any way, shape or form, any stretch of the imagination, but it's got to be almost exciting to, to the push that it has enabled for electronic notarization. So walk me through the progression of e-notary. What, what, what was it in your mind that first started? What, what gave you the bug to say, man, we need e-notary? What, what was that moment in your life?
1: Well, you know, going back to 2005, and that was when I started with the Secretary of State. Secretary uh, Elaine Marshall, she had a, a vision of streamlined government services where um, we had been building uh, an electronic uh, infrastructure that would support, way back then, electronic mortgage closing. And, and back in the early 2000s, that was all the buzz, and so um, with, with her foresight, she uh, set out on a, a plan to make sure that we had electronic signatures, electronic notarization, and electronic recording. All as a part of a, a toolbox, so that we could get to the place where we essentially are today. Now, it seems really odd that we're talking about way back in 2005, and here we are in 2021. Well, there's a few things that happened along the way. Um, you'll probably recall back in, you know, again, the, the early 2000s, 2000, 2007, eight, nine, uh, it was a pretty nasty recession that we were in. The, the housing market was, you know, in turmoils. We had the, what was the, the, the boom, the bubble, and then the burst. Yeah. Um, and so um, at that point in time, uh, all discussion and talk relative to electronic mortgage closing just went out the window. And it was, you know, uh, radio silence. Uh, straight through until 2016. And in 2016, the Consumer uh, Finance Protection Bureau, CFPB, um, they did a a pilot program um, on electronic mortgage closings. And at the conclusion of that, uh, they determined that it was something that was in the best interest for consumers. Now, what happened in the intervening years, although, again, uh, all the momentum had kind of dried up, because we had already passed our laws relative to electronic signatures, electronic notization, and electronic recording, we continue to, to, to educate um, the communities here uh, in North Carolina about these tools, and they started to be integrated uh, across the state. Uh, we started out with you know, four or five counties e-recording. Now we have 90 counties that are e-recording. Um, And more and more uh, business entities have migrated to the use of electronic signatures. And that was one of the things that I used to say and got a a lot of uh, laughs because very rarely do you have, you know, government entity uh, outpacing the private sector in terms of technology, right? And I'm out here beating the drum saying, hey, electronic signatures, you got to use these things, right? And, you know, from a government entity. But. Uh, we were kind of ahead of the curve. In fact, we were one of the first states, if not the first state, to um, acquire the use of an electronic signature solution provider uh, to to be utilized in every uh, government entity, every government operation, as long as you wanted to to do so. And so um, it was Secretary Marshall's vision from many years ago that kind of propelled us to move in this direction and the impetus for it way back then was electronic mortgage closings.
0: Question for you, and you can be honest or not be honest, it's up to you. Uh, did anybody ever hang up on you when you called with the idea to them about e-signatures e and e-notary? Did anybody hang up on you?
1: Well, I can fortunately say that, you know, I, I, I've had a, a, a really good run. And although uh, everybody wasn't always on the same page and, and on board, um, yeah, North Carolina has been very kind. And we, we've got great folks here who, uh, uh, how do you that that Southern hospitality always seems to ring true. So I've avoided That's some of those. That's <laughs> it.
0: Uh, you mentioned that you guys were the first to, to have
1: a provider like an
0: option internally within to have electronic signatures. Was that a, a you guys as the, as the Secretary of State hired a company to create your own internal or was it a third party
1: platform? No, that was a, a reference to uh, a state initiative um, out of the uh, Office of uh, OSC. and um, the, and it is a, a program that was um, uh, for you know again every government entity from the smallest municipality to you know the governor's office who could have signed on to DocuSign. DocuSign was the 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 company that uh, won that initial contract. Um, and so that was uh, something that I worked on as a part of the Secretary of State's office, but it was not our specific uh, directive. We, we lent our, our expertise to that effort. Uh, and so as a state, we emerged as, as like, I believe the first state to have that capability across all government uh, agencies.
0: I get it. So my apologies. So you meant like from a program pushing the program, the concept out throughout the government, and then a, a third party came in and bid on the concept. I yes, guess. yes, absolutely. And you bring up DocuSign because, um, and I use DocuSign. Full disclosure within my firm, and it's not like a plug for DocuSign. There's a lot of platforms out there and whatnot. Right. I just, i um, previous to being an attorney, I and I still am a licensed real estate broker. So they just have some aspects as a broker that I liked, which I so I brought it into to the firm practice as well. And we utilize it. Every day, multiple times a day, um, you know, electronic data and all that other kind of stuff is pretty wild. But DocuSign is what we use, and and so I'm also an e notary, and so I have my e notary through DocuSign as well, which it does have that component. But the technology piece, right, it is what we're what it will come down to where where are we at with the requirements um, of the actual internal technical aspects, right, of an e-notary stamp? Do you, are you familiar with that enough to, to kind of educate me on, okay, what's the requirement? Like you've got to have uh, multi-factor authentication login or you've got to have um, whatever they say, 246 encryption that I don't know the terms for, but, but do you, are you familiar with those concepts too?
1: Well, let me share this with you. Um, a couple things. Uh, we are in a new day and age, and, and we are at the Secretary of State's office um, in the process of, of reevaluating all of the uh, internal um, requirements and structures r- relative to cybersecurity. And, and that is inclusive of all of the solutions that we are required to be able to approve. Now, where we currently stand in terms of, you know, the laws in, in our regulatory practices, uh, everything's governed by statute. And so um, we have the electronic notarization law um, and the administrative code related to that. And then we rely also on uniform electronic transactions law. And so those are, are and the uh, um, electronic commerce and government. Um, at. And so those are the, the, the three acts uh, along with their, you know, rules that guide the approval process for electronic notary solutions specifically right now. And so um, what, what the requirements essentially are, are for uh, any electronic notary solution provider to meet those specific guidelines within there. Uh, in terms of security, what we did uh, with electronic notarization is we determined that we would not specify any particular type of technology, but to have performance based standards such that we would ensure the integrity of the actual document. In other words, uh, once the notary has affixed his or her signature or seal on that document, the solutions have to then. Uh, ensure that that document is tamper sealed or um, becomes tamper evident such that if any changes are made to the document at all, one, you know, pixel is changed, there's a notification on that document that says document has been altered or changed. And not only does that appear on the face of the document as you're looking at it on the computer screen, but if you were to print that out, it would also need to print out on the paper version. And so, we, we uh, incorporated that level of, of uh, technology uh, as a performance-based standard to ensure the integrity of the document so that we would know that those documents could be relied on and trusted. And so all of those requirements are kind of baked into the existing statutory framework.
0: So the integrity of the document, we're talking about fraud, right? Because that is, that is what the concern is. I would imagine a majority, there's probably multiple concerns, but the main concern I'm going to guess is fraud. Because if I'm thinking about it from, let's say, a real estate transaction perspective, and let's say I'm I'm a lender, let's say something happens and I win the lottery, which I'd share with you, by the way, just because. you Oh, awesome. It. But um, <laughs> but beyond that, if I start lending to people and I want them to be able to utilize electronic signatures and electronic notaries, let's say, on the deed of trust that gets recorded with the register of deeds, my concern becomes, is that enforceable? to the point that I still have my lien secured against the property if I have to foreclose. To your knowledge, is there a uh, security instrument that has been foreclosed on in the state of North Carolina that contained an electronic notary stamp?
1: Um, You know, when we made the move to, when I say we, I'm gonna talk a little bit more broadly even outside of North Carolina, just within the industry, the, the concern was the enforceability of these these documents. And so um, there have been any number of, of cases. Um, the first one, I think, was in New York and then some in Florida, where the, the courts have ruled that the, the, these notes, these electronic transactions uh, were enforceable, that they could be foreclosed on based on you know, the audit trail that was provided and all of the uh, security mechanisms that were in, in place relative to the transaction. And so um, prior to those cases, you know, there was obviously a concern because, you know, we were in new territory. Um, but uh, once those cases started to, to roll in and, and they were um, um, uh, decided in the fashion that they have consistently been decided, and uh, that is in favor of uh, relying on and, and accepting um, the, the transactions as enforceable, then that kind of alleviated the, the concern throughout the industry as to whether or not that was going to um, uh, be something that would prevent folks from relying on these transactions. So um, that, that would be the answer in general. I am not sure whether or not we have had a specific case uh, in North Carolina, but the precedent has been set nationally um, over and over again such that um, it does not seem to be a point of, of contention anymore.
0: And I, I'm going to guess, too, that it hasn't happened because people in North Carolina pay their bills, right? We'll just assume that that, that they don't have to worry about being for now. <laughs> um, but, but I guess that if we could take, take another step back from the practical application, okay, let's talk about then um, one of the other big topics that I, I think is going to progress, power of attorneys. Um, because if you want to utilize a power of attorney in order to execute um, a document on someone else's behalf, and utilizing an electronic notary on the power of attorney to then be recorded, right? So now we're talking multiple layers, right? Because you you not only have the power of attorney itself, but then you've got um, a secondary document like a deed of trust that gets recorded by another third party who relied upon that electronic signature, right? An electronic notary of a separate document. I, I know I'm getting a little bit deep into the weeds on it, but but I guess to the progression of it and the possibility, right? And that and that layer of fraud. Anything from the power of attorney side, maybe that you could share with us beyond? I don't want to just, you know, I, this is a real estate show, but I don't. I there is multiple levels to it. I guess is my point.
1: Right, and, and what I'll say. Um is that I'm not aware of, of any um, concerns or things that um, would be limiting in, in that regard. However, um, I'm going to to go ahead and, and, and share with you in the audience again right now that uh, we're kind of creeping over into you know areas that are outside of my expertise in terms of you know legalities related to powers of attorney and things of that nature. So, um, I certainly don't want to say anything to 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 mislead anybody, but I am not aware of of any um, you know limitations um, that there would be at this point in time in terms of you know notarizing a, a document like that with an electronic notarization. But again, I would defer to someone you know like yourself. <laughs> to, to be able to you, you don't know,
0: want to this stuff body, i promise i'll make it all well,
1: yeah, yeah. Sure. come
0: on down you know, right? <laughs> no I, I i'm a big fan of it like i said but i but i'm willing to ask the questions that people want to talk about right like, if we're going to move this forward let's have the conversation and you're being with me in answering the question right which i appreciate thank you for not dodging me on it and and being willing to be humble and say hey to your knowledge you're not aware of it that's not necessarily a bad thing right because now i don't think any i always think of it when i when i'm thinking through a transaction someone asks me something random do i want to be the first case law right in the textbook for the future law students that's the way my mind usually works most of the time it's a no there's a couple of things i keep trying to egg on to become that first one because i believe in it. Uh, i don't know if this is one of those yet that's not what i'm saying but uh, generally speaking i get it and i appreciate it but i think that leads us to um, where we've been the past year and, and where we're at now, again, COVID being a very serious thing. Um, we, we get the governor's, um, you know, executive order, and then we move into some emergency legislation and, and poof, we've got a remote notarization uh, legislation on the books and, and it has since sunsetted, right? The, the expired. Is that correct?
1: Well, actually um, it is called the emergency video notarization, right? And um, it expired a couple of times, but it has been extended a couple of times. So uh, the current expiration date is set for December 31st of 2021. Okay, so yes, and this emergency video notarization law, what it did is it temporarily allows uh, notaries to perform notarial acts remotely. And this is true for both traditional notaries, as well as for electronic notaries. So wait a so, second,
0: so I didn't have to actually go to the class, but now but now I'm being told I shouldn't have gone to the for a class that I had to sit through like we talked about in the beginning? Was-
1: no, not at all, not at all. Uh, know, to I- become an electronic notary, that course is still required. But the emergency video notarization, uh, was, we kind of see it as an umbrella statute that allowed for the various types of notarial acts that are authorized in North Carolina to be performed remotely, whether or not that was traditional uh, paper and ink, or to use your electronic notary solution um, to perform a, a, a remote notarization.
0: The practical side of it. Can we get into that a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and, and again, I, I, I applaud the effort of people being to able to come together to pass legislation. That is, that should be a sport. I'm going to be honest with you. that. That concept, in and of itself, should be a sport. So, I, I was excited to hear that the option was out there, and I utilized the option. So, my practical experience. Great of utilizing it in a real estate transaction. Uh, I was not able to use it full disclosure on the buyer side of a transaction because the uh, legislation required me to add additional information to the notary acknowledgement that most of the time a institutional lender would not allow me to add. So I'll I'll, I'll preface it that way. That was the stop gap I found on the buyer side of a transaction. Now a seller side of the transaction, um, no offense to sellers, but the Dodd-Frank Act really doesn't care about sellers. So as far as it goes with TRID and and the whole federal legislation, there's very few rules um, pertaining to the seller side. So I can modify up the seller side documents without a lender getting upset at me. And I utilize it on the seller side for deeds lien waivers, um, marital status affidavits, uh, non-foreign status affidavits for IRS code, um, authorization to um, proceed to wire proceeds, right? Because because of the security frauds and wire fraud that's out there, we utilize them um, and require electronic signatures um, or electronic notary, or excuse me, notaries on our authorization to wire proceeds for sellers to protect the money and. It was an interesting experience. So my first one, can I tell you about my first one? It was, it was, it was, a good, it was love it, to hear it. it. It's kind of similar to how I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm bumbling on everything, but that's okay. So, uh, <laughs> I get on the camera with, with the people and it's one of those where you start off in an awkward sense because my camera was pointing straight down at my desk. And so like, and I didn't realize it for a couple of minutes. So before I even got to say, Hey, to the people, they're just staring at a piece of paper on my desk. So that was a little awkward for, for a moment there. Uh, so finally I got the camera adjusted. So, at least they could see my face for, for a moment. So, so, that awkwardness was always fun to start the conversation that way. But then, utilizing the actual process, someone gives me that shows me their ID, right? Which is always funny because, you know, you got to put it in front of the camera. It's a little blurry. And then, wait, wait, wait a second, can you move it back? Can you move it forward? Right. So, that's a fun process. And then we get into the signing of the document. Now, uh, all jokes aside, this is where it got complicated for people. All right, what I need you to do, Ozzy, now that you have shown me that document that you just signed, I need you to scan that document to me right now because when I get that back after you go and oh, go ahead and go by run, run by USPS or FedEx or UPS so I can over, you can overnight that to me. By the way, I need that tomorrow and I need the electronic version of that today so when I get that one tomorrow I can compare the two signatures. Right. That was the complicated part was was the verification requirement, but I get it. It was the fraud prevention piece. And you have to have something there if we're not talking about an electronic platform that can do that for you. So I understand it. But do you see what I'm saying when I talk about the practicalness of it to where in a COVID world, their purpose was to stay inside the home. But now all of a sudden um, they've got to utilize more technology, which, Hey, that's, that's the cost of doing business. I'll put it that way. But by the way, you've got to also leave your house. I need that document back right away. So they're almost leaving their house anyway. Do you you get what I'm saying there as far as that kind of difference of, Hey, you can stay home, but then you got to leave and you got to go talk to people. Does that make sense?
1: Well, yeah. And, and one of the things that I'll I'll share with you is that um, in the environment that we were in trying to make sure that we um, had an approach that would have been able to be utilized by a, as broad a number of, of people in as broad as circumstances as you can possibly imagine, covering the entire state. Um, you know, we, we have to start there. And so um, where we ended up, I thought was a a, a pretty, pretty nifty approach uh because it had practical you know applicability to it absolutely for, for everybody now in some instances was it cumbersome but <laughs> absolutely but uh you know what what you're comparing that to, cumbersomeness to is the inability to have a document executed because of the the COVID concerns and that type of thing, so you know you, you're always going to have uh, some challenges, right? Uh, but the system did allow, and currently still does allow, because it again won't expire until December thirty first of twenty twenty one, someone to be in their home, to interact with uh, a notary uh, via a video conference tool like we're using uh, currently, uh, sign that document and then uh, put it in an envelope, stick it in their mailbox. Um, No contact. Uh, The the law allows for someone to take a picture of that document that was signed and email it or scan it and email it, put it in the Dropbox. You know, just deliver it uh, initially on that day by some electronic means. Now, some people have better capability to do that than others. Right? And, uh, and, and if you're challenged, if you don't have a fax machine, you, you know, if you're not proficient at scanning and, and emailing, well, yeah, that that's going to, to be a little bit tough for you. But, you know, there's still a possibility that you can get it done, you know, call your, your, your granddaughter over to kind of help you walk through that uh, cumbersome, yes, but possible, absolutely yes. And we mitigated the overriding concerns of me having to interact with somebody in a face-to-face situation and you know, at the height of the, the, the COVID um, pandemic and such. So. Um, we were pretty pleased with the the results of it, and and how widespread the usage was. Now, it wasn't for everyone, and and again, uh, depending on what your business operation was, and, and and you know how many you know headaches this process you know uh, might cause versus you know well, let's set up a, a drive-through, and you know in and. and, and Rig something up here so that we can pass documents back and forth and make sure that everybody is comfortable. So, um, what it was was about options and to make sure that North Carolinians have the options available, such that uh, important transactions could continue to to be executed.
0: And and it's easy for me to poke fun, right? When I'm not the one in the legislative and and the meetings back, I can only imagine. I have no doubt, and I would, I, and I don't even know, right? Uh, I bet you were called in multiple times to multiple meetings dealing with that. And I could only imagine what that was like, like explaining to even our, some of our legislators. No, when we mean electronic, we mean you don't actually need a pen, but, or when we mean remote, you still need a pen and going through that the differences and the nuances and all that kind of concept. Um, so, so I, again, I, I know I poke fun a little bit, but I, I do applaud the effort because I appreciate the fact that there was even a solution. There's plenty of States out there that didn't even want to come up with a solution in the moment. No, hope, stay inside, don't do anything, no business to be conducted, where at least North Carolina was willing to find, like you said, a solution, an option for people to continue business, which I appreciate. Um, but I, I do like the fact of joking around with how awkward um, sometimes these Zoom meetings can be in different electronic meetings. can
1: be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we all learned, uh, you know, many valuable lessons over the course of this pandemic in terms of, you know, new ways to actually get things done, things that you might not have even uh, contemplated in the past, Um, but all of a sudden they became a necessity. Um, And one of the things that I will share too, relative to the temporary law versus the executive order. And as you know, um, the initial thrust was to have an executive order um, signed by the governor, but for any number of reasons, um, including, I believe, you know the, the 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 lack of ability to override certain statutory provisions um, we needed to uh, shift gears in and in, in have a piece of legislation passed and i I understood uh, from any number of attorneys you know after the fact that that ended up being one of the more beneficial things that we did because you know all of the documents that are executed and have been executed in this fashion, you know. Uh, they there's a little bit more assurance that they're going to um, you know stand up and, and, and be uh, trusted and relied on and not questioned or, or anything because they are steeped in statutory uh, authority rather than um, in executive order. And so uh, it kind of tended to, to work out, I think for, for, for the best to end up having a statute on the books that, you know, lawmakers and and practicing attorneys and and everybody else could rely on then and in the future.
0: Let me ask you if I there's a there's a document that um, is the removal of title for a manufactured home with the DMV. What do you think the over under is if I were to have that electronically notarized and I mail it into the DMV? do you think I get a letter back with scathing remarks to me of how dare I, or do you think uh, it gets accepted? What, What do you think the shot would be? Depending on the person who gets the letter, right? That's what we're talking about right now, but what do you think?
1: Well, I would just simply su- suggest contacting the good people at the DMV and, and post Who are great that people, by the way.
0: They're great. Absolute, people, absolutely. I, they're some of my friends over there because I need them. Not only that, but they're super nice. And the people they have to deal with, oh, Lord, they're on my prayer list. I'm going to be honest with you, Ozzy. They're definitely on my prayer list. So um, w- where do you think we go from here, Ozzy? What, what's the what's the next steps? Give me give me what you, what do you want to see? What is Ozzy Stallworth, the godfather of e notary? want to see in the future what do you want uh, to uh,
1: that, that's a that's a pretty weighty title there uh, for electronic notarization um, and all of the the electronic tools that we have brought to the fore um, electronic signatures electronic notarization um, uh, electronic recording um, what we have been uh, on a campaign to do over the past decade is to bring awareness to everybody who is doing business in the state of North Carolina um, to these new tools. Uh, it's been Secretary Marshall's um, vision and in, in, in goal to ensure that North Carolinians enjoy a competitive advantage in this global marketplace. And uh, there's a strong belief that um, having these advanced tools uh, position us well to to be able to to provide that competitive advantage and so uh, right now it's it's, we we have been saying for any number of years that we have entered into the um uh, paperless age it's just about adoption at this point so uh, what uh, precedes adoption is awareness and so we've been um on a mission through offering uh, continuing legal education um Uh, courses to the legal community um, for the past uh, decade on all of these, these tools we have uh, over the last three years, we have um, been working within the mortgage industry. We're about to host our third annual um, electronic mortgage closing conference uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina on November 9th and 10th. Um, that
0: down. And I, I missed my invite from you in my email, but I'm going to go ahead and write that, that date down right now so that way I can.
1: Know. No, we're in the planning processes now by the time that this airs, you, you, it, we should be in full swing with a registration um, at the uh, sosnc.gov. Um, and uh, what we are attempting to do with this, and again, this is our third annual electronic mortgage closing conference. We'll have uh, attorneys, lenders, um, notaries, realtors uh, gathered together to explore and to continue to, to press forward the ideas and concepts of how we make electronic mortgage closing something that is the mainstream of North Carolina. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, the likes from uh, officials from the Federal Home Loan Bank of Atlanta, uh, MERS. Uh, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, um, State Employees Credit Union, TrueLiant Federal Credit Union. Uh, we have an advisory uh, board, an electronic mortgage closing advisory um, board that um, is working with us to continue to uh, explore ways and opportunities to, uh, now that we know that electronic mortgages uh, are viable to again, bring it into the mainstream. And so um, the, the, the hope for electronic motorization is, uh, and again, all these other tools, is that everybody again, who's doing business in North Carolina understands that these tools are available and that they will look to see whether or not uh, there are benefits for them to uh, begin utilizing them. Uh, one of the questions that oftentimes will be asked uh specifically with the electronic notarization. I'll just talk specifically about what we currently have um, in the way of permanent legislation as of today. Is that if you still have to be in person with electronic notarization, you know, what's the benefit of, of that? Why not just do it in paper? Well, one of the primary benefits is uh, not only the speed of execution and the efficiency and the security, but when you eliminate the paper from the process you're able to close a transaction a whole lot faster you don't have to put something in an envelope stick it in the mail you know have it be delivered two three four five days later and sit in somebody else's desk and and then it's open you know with the click of a button you know that that paperwork is there and and now you can go ahead and close the deal um funds are released faster uh keys are in the to the, the homeowner's hand. Oh,
0: now you're that. talking my language. I was like, "Keys, keys are the hottest topic at the table, man. Forget the, forget the mortgage payment. Where's my keys at? That's what people." There want. There you
1: go. And and so, um, electronic notarization brings that um, in, into view and, and makes things a, a reality. So, um, you know, we're just hopeful that uh, we'll continue to expand across all industries, and and that's the other important thing. We talked a little bit about. The, this in the context of mortgages right because that's you know it's a it's a big hot topic right now but literally any industry that relies on documents that need to be notarized can take full advantage of you know electronic notarizations now one thing's again that accompanies that is the use of electronic signatures right so you can't have an electronic notarization without an electronic signature so you know, as people begin to see the benefit of migrating from a paperless process to an electronic process, it makes more and more sense for an electronic notarization. And there is no industry uh, that uh, is not going to be able to benefit directly from that.
0: Well, the other big piece too is is counter to fraud, the reduction in errors when you when it is from a, a planning perspective on the platform, setting up the document and someone is is setting where the signatures go right you reduce the number of errors because I can't tell you, unfortunately, how many times I just get to chit-chatting in a room with somebody, Ozzy, and then all of a sudden, page uh, seven out of 14 on that deed of trust, I accidentally forgot the initials at the bottom right corner. And I could uh, make the argument to the cows come home to the mortgage closer that by law, we don't need those initials in the bottom right corner. The document is just enforceable by law with or without those initials. They don't care from a policy, internal policy perspective, those initials have to be there. So the reduction in error is also a huge point. I would encourage the businesses and companies that are teetering on this, you will have a better streamlined process internally and less uh, errors to deal with post-transaction if you would support electronic signatures and electronic notes.
1: Justin, I could not have said it better uh, myself. I'm just, you know, really thrilled to to be able to speak with you about this because you're speaking about this through the lens of actual usage. You know, you've experienced this, and so uh, when you have a practitioner who can can speak to the realities of the benefits, rather than some you know, bureaucrat or, or somebody else who might be seen as is, is, is hawking a process or God forbid a solution. Of course, you know, that, that's not us. Uh, you know, it, it makes a, a difference. So we need uh, more and more uh, practitioners like yourself who are actually on the front lines, who have the experience and the benefit of uh, utilizing these tools, because there are significant um, benefits that, that are meaningful. And if you look at processes over over time every time a, a document is is rejected because say one of those initials is not there that that that's time and that's money and that that's you know one more thing that is delaying you from getting to the next closing or to the next you know opportunity to to better serve your clients and so um, all of that is is meaningful and, and there are really uh, Tangible, observable, and um, quantifiable uh, things that you can look at to to say, you know, this process is so much better because of what it eliminates. You know, the 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 trailing documents. You know, th- those go away.
0: Uh, Please, you know, Ozzy, make them go away.
1: Well, E is for you. <laughs> e is is for everybody, and um and so in. in just the tremendous benefits, time savings, um, lack of uh, having to, to continue to, you know, produce information you know, in terms of data entry, right? You know, because once it's, it's, it's in the system and if that information can just kind of flow from one transaction or process to, to the other, um, less errors, less time um, you don't have to worry about things that are missing, that are not there, that are incorrect. They're uniform, um, documents,
0: so- They're uniform documents. They can set up the system to just change the borrower's name, right? And and let's even do the, the, the location of the notary acknowledgement where it's occurring, right? That's an easy coding concept for these companies that spend millions of dollars a year on their systems and to uh, reduce the error, reduce their cost. I mean, it's 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 almost weird that they wouldn't want to do it. If I can be honest with you, and I'm sure there's some politics to it, but um, which isn't my realm, I'll leave that to you. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that that's part of it. I want to go back real quick to to the annual conference because I think that that um, that's important, right? Because people always are looking for ways to get involved, right? People always are looking for ways. Oh, I don't feel like I'm being heard, right? But but you're mentioning a, a, a platform, in essence, for people to come and to, if not be able to speak, at least be able to learn. Right. And I think that um, education and knowledge um, is a chain breaker, in my opinion. So um, I'm going to I got a little nerdy going on because I got a little tingle on the back of my my neck. You drop the name MERS so nonchalantly that that for most people, they have no idea who MERS is. So for you to be recognizing the importance to having uh, servicing agencies uh, a part of this means you know what you're doing, sir. So I, I appreciate that. And I applaud you for that. Um, you drop Freddie Mac, like it was nothing in Fannie Mae, which, you know, you want to talk about 2008. Let's just ask them, Hey, how you feeling? Right. we can ask them about that. And then you bring up uh, state employees credit union true federal credit union. You got your work for it. You, you got the, you got some heavy hitters right there that are going to be at this conference. Um, you, You're talking about the state of North Carolina as a whole could, could be on its own way. And Hey, call us if you need anything. Is that based? basically the thought process there or what?
1: Well, again, our focus first and foremost is always what's in the best interest of North Carolinians. And Secretary Marshall has long been a pioneer and a leader um, in many things in North Carolina, but particularly in regards to um, uh, electronic processes and and, and, and notary. And um, all of this kind of lends itself to the electronic mortgage closing um, environment that we find ourselves uh, ready to, to, to be in today. And so um, having that as a impetus to make sure that North Carolina, and, and, and let me take a step back to and share with you, as you know, as a practicing attorney um, in, in this industry, in North Carolina is a little bit unique in terms of how we handle our, you know, uh, transactions, our real estate transactions. And we very much wanted and needed to position ourselves in such a fashion that um, when electronic mortgage closing actually came to fruition, we needed to make sure that it was going to be something that worked for North Carolina. And because of our uniqueness, we needed to make sure that we were on the forefront of trying to figure out. What that would look like for us, yeah, and 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 because if it was dictated by other outside entities and forces, it, you know, might not go too well. <laughs> you know, who knows what that would look like, right? Yeah, and so um, we have uh, we started out this initiative um, several years ago, um, and again at the top, you know, before we we started, we. Uh, mentioned Matt Hunnival, you know, he was, you know, someone who I I met with and helped to kind of get this off the ground here in in North Carolina. But but the whole idea was to um, make sure that number one, electronic mortgage closing was viable, that we have the tools necessary in North Carolina to to make this happen. And we, you know, did our first uh, electronic mortgage closing with North State Bank And found out that, yes, it could be. And then from that point on, it was like, okay, well, now we've got to continue to bring in all of the right players, both locally and and nationally, to ensure that this is going to be something that was going to be not only viable, but sustainable and scalable. And we've been working very diligently um, in that regard ever since. And we think we are right on the cusp and again, you know, some things have been expedited due to the unfortunate circumstances of the pandemic. But um, we are essentially one major financial institution away from uh, turning on the switch here that will change the mortgage industry in North Carolina and in the country forever. And and that's just not a bunch of you know, hyperbole. That's no, that's that, that's a, a real um, assessment, and and it's coming. And you know, just a, a quick glance around the the industry with all of the the um, individual companies that you know are merging together and in, in, in purchasing and acquis- acquiring other uh, you know entities. That um, they're building the the infrastructure such that. Uh, this is, is going to, to be a reality sooner rather than later. And it's important for us in North Carolina to be prepared and ready and be at the, the forefront of that. And to the extent that, you know, we can, you know, show a little light to others and, and, and help the rest of the, the country along, you know, we're, we're all for that too.
0: Oh, we'll we'll be humble about it, but that's okay. That's fine with me. That doesn't bother me either. Uh, I, I, you brought up Matt Hunneville, and is that video still on uh, YouTube of that that first uh, e closing? Is that on there? Because I watched. Yes. it. Still yes, it okay.
1: yes, it is. Yes, it is.
0: Because at the end, you guys are all giddy. You know, we're high fiving, fireworks are going off in the background. We it, it was like you guys won the Super Bowl in that thing, which I love. Uh, but what do you what do you think uh, we're missing right now? What 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 are what are what are, what are people not realizing? Obviously there's a benefit, right? But, but generally speaking, what are we missing right now?
1: When you ask that question um, now I kind of have to take a little bit of a turn and, and talk about some, some terms that, you know, many of your viewers or listeners you know, may not even be aware of right uh, within the mortgage industry, they're, they're, they're aggregators, they're servicers, they're subservicers, they're investors and, um, and we just need more and more of those entities to come to to the table. Um, In other words, when we first launched and and we did our first electronic mortgage closing with uh, North State Bank, um, it was very frankly a a struggle to find um, uh, someone to to invest in in that note, Um, someone to, to provide um, you know liquidity for, 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 for that note. Um, there just weren't very many entities out there that could provide competitive rates for an e note. Right. Um, and so if 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 the the investor had a, a rate that was higher than what it would be for a, a regular paper mortgage, then you know what's the that point? yeah what's the point, right? Um, so we we need to have um, more and more entities that are trading in E notes. Is um, it
0: North State Bank servicing that note? By the way, I, that was one of my questions. I didn't, I didn't look into that aspect. Are they servicing? Did they portfolio that one?
1: Um, no, they actually ended up selling it to I think Freddie, Freddie Mac. Really? Um, yes.
0: That's impressive. Um,
1: yeah, uh, and, and so, and again, from from end to end, you know what we were trying to do at that initial um, launch was to see whether or not this was truly viable and scalable. Yeah. And it was, it is. It's just that we need more players participating in the marketplace. And, and, and that is changing You know, over the past couple of years. I mean, um, the Federal Home Loan Bank, there are, I think, 11 Federal Home Loan Banks uh, and uh, nearly at least four or five of them. And for our purposes, most importantly, the Federal Home Loan Bank of Atlanta has just launched a pilot program where they're you know, accepting e-notes through this pilot program. Wow. And they provide liquidity for, you know, you know, the second largest mortgage or credit union in the country. Um, and so all of that points to, you know, really grand possibilities um, that are that are right here on the horizon.
0: I'm adding and I'm, I'm taking some notes here while I talk to you. So I got a list of some other people for not to give you more work on your plate, because I'm sure you got about a thousand other things to do today. And I'm just wasting your time at this point. But uh, the North Carolina Housing Finance Agency, North Carolina Banking Commission, HUD and Survey Solutions. What about those four? Can we get those four on the, at the table? And then that way we can just run this thing home. You think that's a possibility?
1: Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and we are uh, engaged with with the majority of those. Entities and and um, they, they're tracking what we're doing uh, very closely and they've been participants at our meetings and, and at our conferences and so. Um, everybody is in a, a different state of preparedness and looking to be able to, to move forward, the positive thing is that success begets success. And, and the more success we have with each and every electronic mortgage closing, with each and every new announcement of you know financial uh, institution beginning to accept um, you know, e-notes with uh, you know, the, the GSEs, Freddie and Fannie, uh, continuing to provide a regulatory framework for you know, the acceptance of e-notes. Um, all of it points in a very positive direction. And as I mentioned earlier, just in terms of uh, locally, um, you know, what we need is adoption. That's kind of the key word uh, for electronic mortgage closings nationally. It's adoption. And, um, you know, more and more, we're beginning to to see things coming together and uh, organizations uh, building out their, their operational infrastructure to be able to support fully end-to-end electronic mortgage closings. And, and that doesn't even include, is we had some conversation earlier, the concept of the hybrid electronic mortgage where some documents are executed electronically and others are executed via, um, you know, pen What's- and ink. Yeah. And, and, and that's also very important and a very viable step uh, for, for many institutions to kind of get started uh, along the path that way. Um, so uh, we're seeing significant activity uh, on both ends. Now, here's the, the really awesome and fortunate thing. The technology has been around for a long time now, and, and, and there are no questions or concerns about the technology. Right, you know, the, the technology has been tried and, and true. Uh, and, you know, you have everything from eVaults to electronic signature solutions, to electronic notarization solutions, to companies that have been doing electronic recording for, you know, many, many years. And so all of those technologies are, are out there and they've been in place for, for many years now. So again, it just kind of comes down to um, adoption uh, a, a across the 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 industry. And we have yet to to have that real big first fish kind of drop into to the hot grease, if you will, <laughs> and really start cooking. But that's bound to happen, you know at some point in time. Fortunately, for us in North Carolina, um, we made a determination that we weren't going to uh, try to, to, to rely on just a big catch, because this is something that's for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the the smaller you are, the more nimble you are. And the, the more you can kind of jump in and, and take advantage. Uh, before, you know, some of who would be competitors would be able to do that. And I think North State Bank and True Lion Federal Credit Union are great examples. Uh, of that, and they're you know reaping the benefits of of um, electronic mortgage closings earlier than 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 some of the other uh, larger players here in the state.
0: Well, it's a game of numbers, and and eventually the the bigger players are going to get on board because they're going to realize hmm, maybe there is something to this. <laughs> I know we've been focused over here, but we probably should take a look at that over there because something wow let me look at that on the balance you said that on the balance oh well you said that from a revenue oh okay all right yeah we might want to look at that right like that and sometimes the way of the world sometimes it's the numbers that get it there and 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 that's okay and you know what in this case we can utilize the numbers to our advantage to get it done and i'm okay with that too um and i won't even blow some of my colleagues minds who are already throwing the tomatoes at the screen every time i pop up and start talking (laughs) about blockchain with them right because then we (laughs) are into a whole nother realm of protection and security in ways that that can ensure that fraud is not occurring, whether we're talking about execution or servicing and transferring of rights of the notes and all these other kind of concepts that are really going to be the hinge points for those big players. But um, Mr. Ozzie Stallworth, he is the E-Notarization, or direct. I already messed up, Director of E-Notarization and Notary Enforcement with the North Carolina Secretary of State. Ozzy, if somebody wants to get in touch with you or has questions or, or where would you want to point them to um, so they can, can kind of get more info?
1: Certainly, uh, you can uh, reach me directly at uh, ostallward at sosnc.gov uh, with any um, concerns or questions about notary or electronic notary Uh, Electronic Commerce. um, For information related to uh, the upcoming Electronic Mortgage Closing Conference that is going to be held uh, in Charlotte on November 9th and 10th, Uh, you can uh, find information at sosnc.gov. And we're
0: going to put that link to on for the podcast too, Ozzy, we're definitely going to put that link for the conference, no doubt about that. I'm not going to put your email on there. And that's not that's to protect you, I promise, because um, okay. I appreciate you giving that out. Uh, but you're a bold man for doing that, because I'm sure you get enough hate rate in there already. So I'll, I'll try to reduce that, at least from my end. So you can't blame me for it. But uh, I appreciate your time, sir. I certainly hope we'll have a chance to speak again. I think we will, but I, I certainly hope we do. And um, I appreciate
1: your time. All right, no problem. Thank you so very much, Justin. I really appreciate uh, spending this time with you.